The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley with you. Hope you're doing well today. Bubba, there are two different measurements, supposedly, I found out from this Charles Schwab uh, survey that just Mm -hmm. came back in. This is the Charles Schwab 2020 Modern Wealth Survey. That's a mouthful, okay? So Charles Schwab goes out and asks 1,200 people a bunch of questions about wealth and money and their attitudes and how the pandemic has affected them, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Seems to be two money, uh, two numbers that are part of the answer as to what Americans think is enough money. Okay. All right, so for you, if you said, hey, Greg, what's enough money? I guess in my mind, I'm thinking, what's wealthy? Mm-hmm. You know, is it $2 million? Is it $20 million? What do you need the money to do? I mean, a lot of questions come into my head. So the two answers that Americans seem to want to give was one related to income. All right. If I had a pile of money, how much could I get income out of that? Mm-hmm. So what's that pile of money need to be? Like in our illustration, we always say, how big does your cow need to be for sure. you to get sufficient amount of mm-hmm. milk? All right, that's one number. What's my income need to be? The other number is, what's my net worth? You know, uh, what's the definition the average American has for wealthy? Right. Okay, so let's see what the, uh, the answers are, and then what were the answers last December? Okay. Before the pandemic. Right. All right. So here's what uh, Americans said. In January, December, January, before the pandemic, Americans said that if they had a pile of money that would give them an extra $3,000 a month, okay, they feel like that would be enough savings or investments. All right. Okay. And that's about 900000 bucks. All right. That's how I was going to say a million bucks to yeah. be on the safe side, depending on whatever age they were. But it says nine hundred and forty-four thousand. Nine hundred and forty-four thousand will provide three thousand dollars a month forever, forever. Okay, uh, or at least that's what they're counting on. Right. All right. That's what the answer was in December, January, before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now the answer is I can live on two thousand dollars a month. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've learned to cut pen, and, mm-hmm. and I don't have to go to the movies and I don't have to go out to eat and I don't have to have all that other stuff. I, I mm-hmm. could live on 2000 which is about six hundred grand. Right. So basically, in the last four or five months, Americans have said, you know what? I'm willing for my cow to be $300,000 less. Do you hear that in your practice? Do you, do you think... People really hear what they're saying in the midst of this chaos? Because this is going to clear up one of these days, people. Yeah, so I I wonder how much of that is a function of uh, maybe unemployment. Mm -hmm. How much of it is a function of uh, people realizing that they can do with less. Mm -hmm. 
and realizing, yeah, you know, I can stay on a budget if I have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, um, pandemics, financial crises, uh, you name it. When, when events happen, right, mm-hmm. people always reevaluate. Yeah. And I, they say, I hey, you know what? Maybe I was a little excessive over here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was doing a little too much on this side over there. Mm-hmm. But when times are good and things are fat and happy... Bring it you know, on. Bring it on, yeah. Yeah, I need 3000 a month. 3000 Why don't we make that 4000 a month, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's true. Now, this is the average yeah. American. Right. I mean, some people need thirty grand a month, mm-hmm. believe it or not. And there are some people that, you know, they, they can live on 300 I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the average American. So that's the income answer. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the net worth answer. Okay. Uh, Before, in in December and January, people said that they felt like you need to have almost $3 million to be considered wealthy. All right. Okay. Now, that's all of your worth. That's Mm -hmm. your savings, this $900,000 worth of savings Mm -hmm. and investments. That's timberland. That's farmland. That's your car. That's your house. That savings accounts. They they felt like you ought to be about $3 million in net worth to be considered wealthy. Now they say two million. Two million. So they've come so down. So in both a, instances, they've dropped it by a third. About a third. Yeah. Now were we a third uh, affected by fat and happy? Were were we really a little spoiled? What what was the answer to that back in December and January? And now we say, you know, now that I get down to it, I can live on less. I well, could be worthless, and and so I'm gonna get nerdy here for mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'm I would say adjusted for inflation. Mm-hmm. What were those numbers in 2008 and 2009? Good questions. Versus like 2007 before the financial crisis hit. Mm-hmm. What were those numbers in 1999 and 2000 before the tech bubble hit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were those numbers in '93, '94 mm-hmm. before the recession of '94 hit? You know, these people who are listening to us right now, especially people yeah. who are over the age of 30 or 40, they're going, you know, we have had stuff like this before. Yeah, we have. Huh? You, it, yeah. This is not the only time we've ever had stock market corrections. Mm-hmm. It's not the only time we've ever had people worrying. Yeah. Right? We've seen this movie before and we know how it ends. Yeah. And we act like it's the first time mm-hmm. we've ever seen the opening credits. Right. Every time it happens. But it's happened before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it would be good to know what those numbers were before any of these crises. And then after the crises. And then maybe a year or two after. After. Uh-huh. And, and I, would almost, I, would, I would almost bet on it. Mm-hmm. That in most of those instances, adjusted for inflation, whatever those numbers were for wealth and or income, mm-hmm. that it probably was reduced by 25%. Mm-hmm. And then within a year or two, it, it went back, back up, up by 25 yep. or 30%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, in times uh, when you know times are good and it's fat and happy time, I like to rent a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. I like to go on vacation. I like to go out to eat. I like to pay somebody to do my yard. Yeah. Huh? But I can live without all that stuff. 
Of course, there, there are some individuals, and I can probably be guilty of this, to, to say that if anybody ever sees me mowing my yard, then something's <laughs> really gone bad. It's a depression. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you, there are certain things you just don't want to mm, do, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Painting. Painting is one of those. Yeah, painting is one of yeah. them. Uh, painting may be one of the things my wife doesn't want me mm-hmm. to do. You know, yeah. I may want to do it. Man, I can save two or three hundred dollars mm-hmm. a room if I did it. My yeah. wife would knock me over mm-hmm. making that phone call. Right. Where's that painter's phone yeah. number? Go out and earn two or three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. dude. I don't need the mess. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. We're up against the break here at the Advisors Roundtable. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about this Charles Schwab 2020 Modern Wealth Survey and some things we can learn from it right here on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus, we're here with you. And Bubba, we're uh, talking about the survey that Charles Schwab did about uh, modern wealth and, and what Americans are saying about it, especially now in the midst of this pandemic, and looking at numbers relative to what most Americans said before this. Uh, another thing that I, I, I thought was very interesting as we went through it was in relation to yesterday's comments, mm-hmm. yesterday's uh, uh, you know thoughts that you and I had on on the show. We were talking about some of the basic blocking and tackling that people need to do in their finances, and one of them you said was you need to have an emergency fund. Right. Voila. Look at what happened in this survey. It says before the outbreak in America, less than 15% of the people said they planned to have an emergency fund. Less than 15%. Said that they planned to have one. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Now it's up to 36%. It's almost tripled. So, you know, when, when we talk about positive outcomes of the outbreak of the coronavirus. Yeah. Maybe that's one. 36% of Americans say they're now more likely to have savings mm-hmm. to cover emergencies. Great. Yeah. Now, either most... I wish of, it was 90%, mm-hmm. but, you know... And if most Americans would listen to us, right? maybe it would be. Mm-hmm. And maybe we had some effect on this. Not. But I <laughs> would say that most of what the effect would be would be uh, the pandemic, mm-hmm. the general concern and chaos... Uh, maybe losing your job, yep. seeing your brother-in-law lose his job. It says also that 40% of people say they intend to have long-term savings, mm-hmm. not just an emergency fund. Right. That's up from 24%. Okay. Speaking of 24%, 24% of people said they're now more likely to consider a financial plan. All right. Now, 24%, that means almost one in four people. One in four people. Are considering. Considering. Not doing it. They're considering. A financial plan. Now, before this, if I had asked you, Bubba, just generally walking around on the streets and on terra firma in um, uh, America, Mm -hmm. anywhere, out in Kansas, downtown Los Angeles, wherever, your experience in the financial services business, what percentage do you think of those people are considering a financial plan? Before all this, before I told you now 24% are considering it, would you have said 10%? Would you I have would said have said 5, 5 to 10%. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Now, 
Why are we afraid of a financial plan? Are we running from it like we do a snake? Well, I mean, uh, you know, people mention the word finance, financial, anything with, with, you know, and they consider it the F word maybe. (laughs) All right. And it's scary to them. It's like math for some people. Oh, maybe they equate finance with math. Maybe they do. And math is... A very, Could be intimidating, you know. It, it, there's a lot of jargon, a lot of lot of terms that financial people use mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that that could be confusing to individuals. Mm-hmm. And rather than trying to learn those and mm-hmm. and overcome their fears, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they just put it out of their mind and don't do it. Yeah, an avoidance behavior. Yeah, I had a guy tell me mm-hmm. that when he got out of college algebra, in his brain he turned off his math side. Mm-hmm. He said, the day I finished my final in college algebra, I quit. Right. And I said, you quit math? Yes, I quit math. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you do when you buy a car? Isn't there math involved in that? Mm -hmm. What do you do when you buy a house? Isn't there math involved in that? Hmm? What do you do when your kids are born and you start trying to measure them over on the wall? You know, how, right. how high they're growing and, and what's their height now and what's their weight? Uh, what about when you go to the pharmacist and they say you're going to have to go from taking this many milligrams to that one? Isn't that math? What about pumping gas, dude? Mm-hmm. I mean, w- we use math every day, don't we? Yep. Why are we so afraid of it? I think you make a good point. Sometimes it's just the terms. Sometimes it's the way it was presented to us. Mm-hmm. You know, did you ever have an ex- anybody explain to you practically how algebra works on a day-to-day basis? You know, Miss mm-hmm. Shirley ever uh, d- make you do word problems? Oh, yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Little bo- J- Jimmy leaves Huntsville, mm-hmm. and he's traveling east, and he's going at this rate, and little Bobby yeah. leaves Memphis, and he's traveling west, mm-hmm. and when, when are they going to cross, and all that sort of yeah. stuff. See, but now you don't have to do that. You just let Google tell you what time they're going to meet in the middle. <laughs> we have gotten lazy. Right? We have gotten lazy. Yeah. I think math is part of the reason that people think finance is an F word and they're afraid of it and they don't want to have a financial plan. The other aspect of that is is the planning portion. Mm-hmm. So you couple planning with financial. So you've already got one thing that people don't like. That F and that math. And the right. F and the math, right? right? Right, right. And then you then you have planning over on the other side, which entails and and, and says that you know, you're going to have to take some action. You're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to think about it. Uh, and you marry those two together, and then all of a sudden, financial planning, uh, I'm uh, out. I'm not doing it. It right? is like a snake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like some kind of reptile that you want to completely avoid mm-hmm. until you have a crisis. Until you have to. And then you're like, ooh, man, if I had planned and I had a little savings, mm-hmm. if I had planned and I had a little investment, if I had planned and I didn't have as much debt, if I had planned before Grandma died, maybe we would have had a will and I wouldn't want to be killing my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? Yeah. So I, I really like the fact that you make that point about planning being something we avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, does planning take time? Yeah. Of course it does. Mm-hmm. And effort mm-hmm. and thought. You know, that there are a number of different elements to planning uh, that take take 
uh, a multitude of efforts. All right, now Phil is our executive yeah. producer, and he's sitting over there laughing at us, mm-hmm. right? All right, he, but he's heard you say this before. Mm-hmm. Phil, has Bubba ever said something about the correlation between how much time people plan for their finances and how much time people plan for their vacations? I mean, how many times have you heard the man say something about that? Oh, I'd run out of fingers and toes here in a hurry. Yeah, Yeah. constant. Yeah, and so what is that, Bubba? What's the correlation between planning for vacation and planning for your future finances? Yeah, so most individuals spend more time planning their vacation every year than they do planning for their retirement. All right, so when you plan a vacation, I'm I'm going to concede that to you. Right. When you plan a vacation... What are you planning? What does that look like? You and your wife sit down and do what? Well, you've, you've got to talk about, number one, where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. Number two, how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Are you going to fly or are you going to drive? Mm-hmm. If you're going to drive, what route are you going to take? How much fuel is that going to cost? Mm-hmm. If you fly, how do you get to the airport? Where do you park? Mm-hmm. You know, Where are you going to stay? How much are those uh, places going to cost where you stay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes on. You know, Food while you're there is another mm-hmm. big expense. Mm-hmm. Activities while you're there. Philly's talked me out of it. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, really? Yeah. But people do this on a, a yearly basis? Well, and think of the fun that you can have on vacation for some individuals. Some, some, some folks are, are miserable on vacation and don't want to go, <laughs> right. right? Right. But right. most individuals have a good time on vacation, are you and, telling and that's me why they put the effort forward. So you telling me I could have more fun on vacation if I planned? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I did good planning? Right. I mean, if I go to Williamsburg and I know a little bit about the history... Mm-hmm. And I know a little bit about what I can see and the attractions and the cost and the places to eat and the places to stay and all that stuff. I'm going to have more of a good time. Just as I would say you would have more of a good time in retirement if you planned a little. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So financial Mm -hmm. planning doesn't have to be a serpent. No. It can be semi-enjoyable. Well, uh, I don't know that it would be enjoyable mm-hmm. to some individuals, okay. right? right. Um, it can be a serpent to some individuals, mm-hmm. but I think the end result would be would be enjoyable, right? Not okay. not the process itself would be enjoyable. Some mm-hmm. some folks might like it. They mm-hmm. may uncover some things about themselves and say, "Hey, you know what? I've been doing this all wrong all my life." Really? Maybe I could change this one little thing, and I'd be a whole lot happier. Change? Yeah. Boy, you're cursing today on the I show. Am, I mean, I you're am, using yeah. the F word. You're, mm-hmm. you're you're talking about change. You're yeah. talking about mathematics. People are going to shut us off, man. Mm-hmm. How do we get such high ratings? You, uh, you <laughs> acting like that. When you got it, you got it. And I got it. <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah. And quite actually, I find people, some people who come in to the office and they act like it's going to be a chore. You know? Mm-hmm. You can tell when the wife wants to be there and the husband doesn't. You can just tell in the body language, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But after a while, they start to get into it. We talk about the possibilities. We, you you point out a couple changes. Well, and, and, and the other thing I would say, if this process seems daunting to you mm-hmm. or, or you're nervous about it mm-hmm. or unwilling or, or feel uh, uh, un- incapable of, of doing it, right. hire somebody. 
you know, just like I said earlier uh, about uh, a, a task that I find uh, just like lawn miserable. Mowing. Lawn mowing. Yeah, you don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But it needs to be done. It needs to be done. Your wife would be ha- unhappy if it wasn't done. Yeah. And I pay for it to, to get done. Right. Whether it's painting, whether if so, if it's financial planning, yeah, hire somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to have to give some input mm-hmm. on on what your goals and your needs are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you find somebody who's good and capable and qualified, mm-hmm. you know you're mm-hmm. going to have a good end result. I tell you, just like finding a doctor, right? Yeah. That's right. You don't want to do I, this yourself. I sure hope you don't ever walk into my office one day and I got a knife out saying, well, I got this appendix here and I watched it on YouTube, right? I'm hiring somebody. Yeah. Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please do. Uh, and, and I think the end result would probably be better. Right. And maybe the journey along the way would be better. We're up against another break here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. We'll see you on the other side of the break as we talk about the Charles Schwab 2020 Modern Wealth Survey. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you. And we're discussing today on the show the Charles Schwab 2020 Wealth Survey. And so far we talked about the finances and the numbers and the attitude of Americans related to those finances. Let's just... Talk about something in general that came out of this survey. Okay. Um, Americans' attitude uh, about their happiness. Where are we on a happiness scale? Uh, First of all, over 50% of us, 52.5% of us, said we're stressed. That's the very first response. They just said, you know, what's your one-word response to how you feel today? Was was this uh, pre or post? This pandemic? is right now in the right middle now. of this. Okay, but uh, pre uh, when they look at the answer, stress, mm-hmm. uh, it was down in the forties. Okay, now it's over fifty percent. All right, the, the one one-word response that Americans gave. So um, the top response that Americans gave when they were asked about their happiness was my relationships. Mm -hmm. My relationships plays a role in my happiness. The number one thing. Would you agree with that at your house? Yeah, I would. Your uh, relationship with your wife, relationship with yeah. your kid, your relationship with your your family members, relationship with your, your neighbors, your work, mm-hmm. church, community. All of the above. All of the above. Relationships, number one. I'm encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think we hear that enough that, that Americans are still about loving one another. Yeah. Even in the midst of a doggone fan pandemic. So, uh, to, to take that a step further, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, what was the number, 41 pre and 52 yeah, and afterwards stre- that, are stressed. that are stressed. Right. But the biggest component of that is their relationships. Mm-hmm. What could you do to improve relationships? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you improve relationships with, you know, other mm-hmm. folks. Maybe your stress goes your down. Your stress goes down. I'll tell you this. I would think that, you know, in the midst of, of uh, crises, if you hear people complaining, mm-hmm. if you see people you love really in need, hmm? right. like losing their jobs and, mm-hmm. and sick, and maybe some unfortunately dying, that'll bring you some stress. Yeah. So what can I do to fix that? Well, I really, right now, I can't do much about the virus mm-hmm. other than try to avoid it. 
wear the mask in right places, socially distanced, don't shake as many hands as my mother taught me to, all those sorts of things. Wash my hands. I, I should have been washing my hands in the first place. You should have right? been, right? I mean, if you go to the bathroom mm-hmm. in, a, in an airport mm-hmm. or in a stadium and your rear end doesn't wash your hands, right. you're crazy. All right. Huh? Pandemic or not. Mm-hmm. So if I do all those things, maybe I can, uh, and I pray, yeah. that we get a, a, a vaccine mm-hmm. soon. Maybe that'll bring some stress down. But there are some other things you make a really good point that maybe I can do in my relationships. Maybe I can listen more. Maybe I can share more. You know, maybe I can help more. Take somebody a meal. Yeah. Be there to listen to them. Yeah. Call somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time. Yeah. My wife, day yeah. before yesterday, she found out somebody was, was looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Well, she used to be in human resources. She knows a bunch of these people around here who hire. Right. And uh, she asked me, she said, you know, do you think I need to send so-and-so's recipe? Or, or, or that's resume. what we call yeah. it at the house yeah. because that, she was in the business. Mm-hmm. The uh, resume. And I said, yeah, I think you ought to send it. So she sent it out. You know, somebody got a job mm-hmm. just because she got involved. Right. Now, was that putting her nose where it doesn't belong? Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes in relationships you do mm-hmm. that and you risk but it's part of the reward of them. Right. Um, so it, because, you know, if I'm your child and I'm doing something wrong and you take the risk, you're going to make little Greg mad. Mm-hmm. But you tell me not to put my finger in the in the light socket. Right. You got to use a knife or a fork. Yeah, that's yeah. right. If you really want right. really good yeah. fireworks. But you, you take that risk because it's worth it. So, uh, number one was relationships mm-hmm. when people were asked to talk about the factors of their happiness. All right. Uh, number two was health. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I think so. Especially given these, giving, uh, you know, the times we're mm-hmm. living in now. Uh, can you turn on the television without listening and hearing about health? How many people got it? How many people are recovering? Mm-hmm. How many people are in ICUs? How many people passed away? Yeah. Right? It's constant. It's in your face. I, I turned on television this morning in the office. The first thing I saw. There you go. 147,000 deaths. Uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and yeah. by the way, that's... Talk about a great way to start your day, huh? It is. But it's significantly lower than the 2 million they told us we may get in the very beginning. Right. So, you know, maybe we're doing something mm-hmm. right. But God bless those who have passed mm-hmm. away and those who are sick. So number one was relationships. Number two was health. Number three was money. Mm-hmm. Why is it that money's number three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it about money that makes you happy and or unhappy and or stressed? Maybe the lack of a plan? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Is, is part of my financial plan how I'm going to make money? It should be. Hmm? Yeah. You ever had anybody come in your office and say, one of the reasons I can't ever get ahead is because I got so much debt. Mm -hmm. And you peel through it and you see the debt they have. They got a house and a couple of cars and a credit card and student loans. Mm -hmm. You're how old? I'm 45. Still paying on student loans? Yeah, I went back to school a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, what'd you get a degree in? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you really think you were going to make money with that? Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I really hate to sound like I'm not supporting people, but did we really objectively plan that? 
What's the answer that people... And, and, and which gets back to their happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they may say that they're going to feel so fulfilled to go back to school and do whatever career that it is, right? Mm-hmm. And they may. They may enjoy that job. Mm-hmm. But the, the outcome or the circumstances of that job may uh, give them less income, have more debt associated with it, mm-hmm. which is going to give them more stress. So it kind of balances out. Yeah. I got unbalances la- out. Right. I mean, I got mm-hmm. a lady who is a real good friend of ours, and she is eaten up with her career. Mm-hmm. But she's t- and she comes home talking about it, and when you're t- with her, that all she does is she talks about it and how she can help people and mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. But she will willingly tell you, "I ain't getting rich at this, right?" Huh? So she has to have a financial plan at mm-hmm. that. How to get rid of the student debt when you're not making that much money, right? Sometimes it seems like the math doesn't work, but there are ways to work around it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. So related to your happiness, relationships, health, money. Here's another one. Lifestyle. Now, when somebody becomes a client of ours and we bring them into our office, first time, up on the big screen, I put up there all mm-hmm. the things, the services we try to provide. Is one of them lifestyle? Absolutely it is. What is that saying to somebody? Well, you know, I think it says, uh, number one, that, that we're concerned with all all aspects of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and finances dovetail into so many pieces of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you have to talk about lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you want to retire and live in a cave somewhere that and you don't only need $150 a month to live, <laughs> Right. That's your choice, yeah. you know. Yeah. And if that's going to make you happy, then then great, so be it. Mm-hmm. Or if you know you want to be traveling and going to see the grandkids and and doing the things that most people think about when they think about retirement, they do. That's going to require more assets mm-hmm. and more income, right? And it's just logical, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not necessarily doing with the, dealing with the specific math. We're just dealing with logic here. Yeah. There's some individuals who want to stay home and garden. Mm-hmm. Other folks that want to get out and volunteer. Mm-hmm. Do and you it, ask that question? When, but when Phil comes in to retire, do you ask him, Phil, what are you going to do in retirement? I, I ask it just about every single time that I've got a new client come in. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I phrase it this way and I ask them this way. What do you plan to do during your retirement? Mm-hmm. And most of them say to me, well, I'm going to be retired. And I said, that's not a good enough answer. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. I say, what do you plan to do during your retirement? Describe Tuesday yeah. morning. You know, what How, you what's that going to look like? Yeah. You know? Are you going to rebuild old cars? Mm. Are you going to fish? Mm. Are you going to uh, play with the grandkids? Mm-hmm. And then my next question is going to be, well, what happens when you finish building that car? What happens when you've caught all the fish out of Pickwick Lake? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens when you get tired of fishing every day? Mm-hmm. What happens when uh, wintertime rolls around and, and you're done gardening? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happens when the grandchildren grow up? Right. Hmm? You know, we gotta, we, we got to kind of think about mm-hmm. that. Plan for that. That's part of that lifestyle thing. But it's also attached to the money thing. Mm-hmm. Attached, attached to the logic and the math thing. Right. Another break here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about this modern wealth survey and how you fit into it. 
Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Certified financial planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you. Um, Bubba, we're talking about this wealth survey that uh, Charles Schwab did, and you know a, a number of the the, the numbers, uh, a number of the numbers, uh, numerous numbers jumped off the, the page at us uh, about how people say they're willing to possibly live on less money. Uh, they're more open to a financial plan and to saving. Uh, they have brought their definition of wealthy down Mm -hmm. some of these things are fairly encouraging to me saying that you know relationships and health and those things are still ranking higher than money on our happiness and and stress scales but there are two or three things i want people to take from this for a practical purpose Um, number one is uh, this set of numbers 30 percent of respondents said they were apprehensive about investing. Okay. You know what that tells me? 70% didn't say they were apprehensive about investing. Even in these rough times, Mm -hmm. why would 70% of the people still be okay with investing when the stock market went down 20 or 30% in the first quarter of the year? What is it about it that 70% still want to hang in there? Well, it may be twofold, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe a couple of different reasons. Seventy percent of the the, the respondents here, mm-hmm. uh, if they're if they've been exposed to the stock market before, before, mm-hmm. then they've seen this occur, right? Like you pointed out, earlier. like I pointed out, okay. and as recently as two thousand and eighteen, when we had a trade war with China and a quick flash crash of twenty percent. Do you think people remember that? No, they don't. I know that was don't. less than two years. Less ago. than two years ago. In the last quarter of 2018, mm-hmm. it went down what? 20%. Basically in one month, wasn't it? Basically in one month. Like in November, December, right in uh-huh. there? At the end of 2018? Yeah. It would, uh, end of October. October, okay. November. All right, so it, it, it just it went down. Mm-hmm. And you called it a flash crash. Mm-hmm. What happened afterward? Well, the market rebounded and came back up. Mm-hmm. Most people forgot about it. Don't even remember it today. Right. But somewhere in the back of their mind, they said, hey, you know what? Markets go up and down, and I think I lived through that one, and I'm probably going to be okay. Maybe I've got a longer-term horizon than what uh-huh. I think. So 70% yeah. of the people may have just learned from experience. Right. I think one of the practical things that people need to keep in mind, if you haven't learned yet, Mm-hmm. If you're one of the 30% that says you're apprehensive, one of the things I want to point out to you is that most of the time investing, especially if you do it in a diversified way, mm-hmm. is not a static number. Right. So I had a, a client, former client, call me one time and said, the market over the last year has just been rough, and I made the right decision. And I said, what was your decision? Well, about a year ago, I got out. Mm-hmm. So in his mind, let's just say he got out when the Dow was at 25,000. Okay. Okay. And here we had a rough year mm-hmm. and the market went down. It got down to 22 or something. It right. really went down 10, yeah. 15, 20%. And it went down. And from his point of view, he yeah. saved money, right? Because mm-hmm. if Bubba stayed in, Bubba's uh, account's down and his isn't. Yeah. 
The thing about Bubba's account is Bubba's account is well diversified. Mm -hmm. So Bubba just doesn't own one static number, right. 25,000. You own a bunch of component parts of it, right? I do. Mm -hmm. You got a bunch of investments in there. Mm -hmm. So along the way, did maybe you take some capital gains and your, your, your fund managers get you in and out of things? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't a static number that just went down. Along the way, maybe on the slide down, did you maybe take some profits and get out a little? Potentially. And when, more importantly, I would say there were, you know, dividends. Uh, oh. And or interest payments from bonds that you own. So inside those component mm -hmm. parts, they just weren't a static uh, dead thing right. that di wasn't performing. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, that's one of the reasons you own a, a diversified mix, right? Right. Because some of those things were paying you dividends even when the stock prices were going down. Aren't there some companies that have never reduced their dividends? There are. So even when you have the flash crashes mm -hmm. and the pandemics and the Russian debt crises, mm -hmm. those companies, you're still buying their stuff when you go to the grocery store. That's right. And they're still paying their dividend. So along the way, you collected a dividend. Mm -hmm. Along the way, maybe you took some capital gains. Along the way, when the market kind of bottomed, it was in a mm -hmm. trough, maybe you took some cash and, uh, where you sold on the way down. Maybe bought some more. Bought some more. So he's sitting there. All he's got mm -hmm. in his mind is a number, 25000 Right. He's not thinking about any of this stuff. That's right. And he thinks he outperformed you. Mm -hmm. Then when the market, within a few months, got back to 25000 mm -hmm. he's thinking, I'll get back in. Right. Or is he nervous? Because ah. he was nervous enough to get out to begin with, right? Uh -huh. When's he going to pull the trigger? Yeah. When's he going to get back in? Will he ever? Mm -hmm. And along the way, you just don't own the static 25000 that right. where the market came back up mm -hmm. along the way you've pocketed one two three four percent dividend right you've probably taken some capital gains mm -hmm. bought back in at lower prices so it went when it went back to 25 yeah. do you own more shares than you did before probably you do. which means that the share price mm -hmm. time the value the net asset value of the market at twenty five thousand, you've got more than he does that's right do you think people really practically do that kind well, of math? And you know, see the, it? And, and the other big thing to, to realize there is where are you going to go in the meantime? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. you go to a money market or cash these days, you're not going to earn anything on, mm -hmm. a, on that. Mm -hmm. Now, the, and, and there are times when cash is appropriate, when money markets are appropriate for individuals. Oh, yeah. I don't want any of your money in here that, 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 that you'd right. need temporarily. Mm -hmm. In the next two or three years, I really don't want yep. much of your money in the market. But as far as an asset class right now, I would say that uh, money markets and cash, uh, while safe, mm -hmm. aren't going to return much. Especially over the long term. Yeah. Now, if you're going to need to buy a car in the mm -hmm. next 30 days, well, maybe you need to take a little out of the market, right. you know, or in the next two years, mm -hmm. maybe you need to have some squirreled away. You know, your kid's going off to college. Mm -hmm. eh, that uh, that bill's definitely going to come. That's right. So you don't need to be taking any risk with it going up and down. It, it needs to be there where you can rely on it. What does it say to you? And uh, this is to to uh, really bring home your point of the fact that where else are you going to go? What does mm -hmm. it say to you that the two-year bond, the two-year bill, is paying 
0.23%. People are willing to allow the government to hold their money for mm-hmm. two years and make less than a quarter of 1% on it. Right. Two years. Mm-hmm. What about the 10-year? You know what the 10-year is trading at right now? 0.63. Right. For 10 years, they're going to hold my money, and I don't mm-hmm. even get a percent a year? Yeah. What is that saying to you? You don't have very many other mm-hmm. places to go unless it's short-term money. Right. Unless you're really nervous. Unless you're one of these 30% of respondents that said they are really apprehensive. Mm-hmm. However, if you're not, or even if you are apprehensive, maybe you need to see some opportunity. When there's crisis, is there opportunity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's opportunity. There's opportunity because maybe that really good company that's always paid its dividends, maybe they're cheaper. I'd say that's opportunity. I say that's something that could build wealth for my family. Yeah. I say that that's something that maybe I can count on the income off of. And, it, you know, it doesn't even have to be in the stock market. You could run across a piece of real estate that yeah. looks to be fairly valued. Yeah. Or undervalued. Yeah. You might run across some timberland. You mm-hmm. might run across, I mean, a, a, a rental house. Yeah. Right? A business. A business. You know, God forbid, mm-hmm. you know, something has happened during this pandemic yeah. and a business becomes available. Yeah. Somebody says, you know what? I'm retiring. Yeah. I'm getting out of this business and, right. and just walks away with, with, you know, from it. And if you're a young person mm-hmm. and you're looking for something to do with your future, one of the things I tell people to do is make a list of people that you, you think are fairly successful mm-hmm. who are over the age of 65 yep. who own their own business. A lot of those people don't have a succession plan. That's right. You go knock on the door and say, hey, could I come in here? And you train me for a couple years, and then I ask my grandmother to help me buy this thing mm-hmm. from you? Don't you know a lot of business yep. owners that are almost desperate? They're yeah. doing well. I know a number of them. But that may be an opportunity mm-hmm. for you right now where somebody's a little concerned about being out in the public right. at their age. But they're also concerned about what they're going to do with this asset. This mm-hmm. business is doing pretty well. Within a couple years, I could train you. That may be a good opportunity in the midst of all of this. Right. Hope we learned something today together here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.